What is going on, everybody? He is I, and I am him. It's your main man, Chi, and this is So In The Meantime. I am recording this on the eve of one of the darkest days that a lot of people, I would say the world, not just the country, but the world suffered. January 26, 2020, we lost Kobe Bean Bryant, Gianna Bryant, and several others in a plane crash. You know me, you know Kobe's my favorite ball player. Kobe's probably my I ain't even gonna say Kobe, probably. Kobe is my favorite athlete to ever play a sport. My favorite girl, Dad. This episode is actually a view from the two episodes. We recorded this episode the day after his death and I needed to do this and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do how I wanted what I wanted to say and all I could do was to say if I had to write if I could write Kobe a letter what would I say this is the letter Kobe you are missed Gianna you are missed told myself that if I had another daughter Gianna will be in her name, whether it's her first name or her middle name. We miss you. My thoughts and prayers go out to the family and everyone that has been affected. Let's keep Kobe's legacy going. Let's keep pushing because this is what he would want. We miss you, Kobe. Thank you for teaching us to believe in ourselves, even when nobody else did. For 20 years. 
our game all you had. And we are eternally grateful. Thank you for being you, competitor supreme. Thank you for loving the game of basketball. Congratulations, and uh, we're going to keep chasing you. What's going on, y'all? This is Views from the Two with your boy, Sean Pesos. We are coming to you with a... I won't say it's an unfortunate podcast because we were going to record. But this isn't what we expected to be talking about today. For those that don't know or just are still in denial like I am, on Sunday morning, Kobe Bean Bryant and his daughter, Gianna Bryant, along with seven others, perished in a helicopter crash in Southern California. Kobe gone at the age of 41, Gianna gone at the age of 13. It's unfortunate. Unfortunate is, is, it's an understatement. But also at this time, i like to send prayers and condolences to the Altobello family, the Chester family, the Mauser family, and the Zobayan family. Those are the names of the victims that were on the helicopter with Kobe and his daughter. Now, as I've said before in the past when we spoke on Kobe and the Lakers that, you know, I hated Kobe, but it was only because it was a competitive nature in me because he and Shaq beat my team in the finals oh so long ago. But seeing him be drafted in 1996 as a nine-year-old I thought that, you know, because Michael Jordan was my guy, that nobody could ever be close to Mike. So when Kobe came in saying that I'm not only going to be Mike, I'm going to be better than Mike, like most, it took me by surprise. Now, as the years went on, and my hatred softened for Kobe, And I realized that he was the closest thing to Mike that I would see in this lifetime. And even at certain points, I rooted for Kobe like I was a fan of the Lakers because I understood what it took for him to be there at the position he was in, at the height that he was, the focus that it took to be Kobe Bryant. It's a tough one, man. I remember watching Kobe's last game when he put 60 on Utah. And I remember rooting for every basket that he got because I knew once that buzzer hit triple zeros, it was going to be no more 24, no more eight on that court in part one goal. And I was watching ESPN today. No, not ESPN, I'm sorry. 
Fox Sports 1 today. And they made a revelation of sorts that the beginning of Kobe's career, he was remembered by losing the game for the Lakers against the Utah Jazz by shooting four air balls. And how he was trashed and, you know, He was just, they just, I can't even, can't even describe the words that they used for Kobe at that time. But for him to finish his career dropping 60 on that same team, it just, it's full circle, man. What, what this Kobe thing taught me is that life is short. Definitely here today and gone tomorrow, man. These last 24, 36 hours, I've squashed some some issues that I've had with people, and I felt better behind it. And I still have some other things to work out, but in due time. But as, like most people that woke up Sunday morning, East Coast time, actually it's Sunday afternoon, East Coast time, I saw that TMZ said Kobe Bryant dead in helicopter crash. Now, typically, I don't believe what TMZ says because they spread a lot of bullshit. And they've killed people in the past prematurely. So I didn't believe it. So I ran to the ESPNs, the Fox Sports, the NBA TVs, and I saw nothing. So I thought it was a hoax. And then the flood came in of it's been confirmed that Kobe's no longer with us. And I felt like how I felt when I got the notification that Nipsey Hussle was killed in L.A. Just a sudden sadness, a sudden darkness, something that you feel when you lose the loved one that you cared for. And then to learn that his daughter was with him hurt me even deeper, even though I'm not a parent. My first thought was, how do you comfort your child in that moment, knowing what's taking place? Now, I haven't been able to get that off my mind. To this very moment, I'm still thinking about that. And then I'm thinking about Vanessa and the kids and the rest of the family and also the families of the other victims that have to deal with the same grief. It's just tough, man. It's going to take a minute for us to get through this. But let's remember Kobe in a positive light. You know, all the things he did on and off the court. From this day forward, I don't want to hear any more debates about whether Kobe is one of the GOATs, whether he's better than Jordan, better than LeBron. At this point, that that argument is futile. It doesn't mean shit. Just, it, it means nothing. Just remember Kobe for what he was. <sighs> With this recording, 
I was not expecting to be recording today because my partner in crime, my brother, the diehard Kobe fan, the resident Laker fan of the two of us, I have memories of us in high school going back and forth about Philly and about the Lakers doing those finals. So I told him, Sunday night, if you don't want to record, I completely understand. But he told me, matter of fact, I'll let him tell you. I'm sitting here with this mic in front of me trying to gather the thoughts I had everything in my mind of what I wanted to say I still have it and as you were talking I happened to go on Instagram and the first thing I see is the one person, I won't say the one person, he was one of the people that I did not want to read his post because I knew I would get emotional. But I was waiting to hear from him. I was waiting to hear from LeBron. And 26 minutes ago, he wrote this post. I'm not ready, but here I go. Man, I'm sitting here trying to write something for this post. But every time I try, I begin crying. I begin crying again, just thinking about you, niece Gigi, and the friendship, bond, brotherhood we had. I literally just heard your voice Sunday morning before I left Philly to head back to LA. Didn't think for one bit in a million years that would be the last conversation we'd have. What the fuck? I'm heartbroken and devastated, my brother. Man, I love you, big bro. My heart goes to Vanessa and the kids. I promise you, I'll continue your legacy. You mean so much to us all here, especially Laker Nation. And it is my responsibility to put this shit on my back and keep it going. Please give me the strength from the heavens from the heavens above and watch over me. I got us here. There's so much more I want to say, but just can't right now because I can't get through it. Until we meet again. As Sean said, I said that I wanted to do this. He gave me the option of 
saying, yo, we don't have to do it if you don't want to. And I sat there all night yesterday, all night Sunday night, watching the news in disbelief, still in shock, still trying to get together my thoughts. So I went to sleep around 12 o'clock. I woke up at like 2.30. And when I woke up, I said to myself, I was dreaming. That was, I was dreaming. I had my TV on, but it was on the WWE network because I had to watch something else other than the news, Sports Center, NBA TV to get my mind off of what I thought was a nightmare, a bad dream. And I said, let me let me turn back to ESPN and see what's going on cuz I know I'm dreaming. And I turned it back on and I wasn't I was sitting in my bed, just got done recording an episode of Royal Club that I didn't even put out. I didn't even edit because I was about to edit and I received a phone call from my friend K.O. And anytime K.O. calls me, he's full of energy and, and, and life and upbeat. And when I answered the phone... I answered like I always do. It's like, what's going on, KO? And he's like, you know, he's from Ghana. So was, he has a strong accent. And he was just like, I need you to confirm something for me. And I'm like, what's up? He said, at first, I didn't, I didn't catch what he said. I said, what, you say that again? And he said, TMZ is saying that Kobe's dead. And my laptop was on the bed and I grabbed my laptop and I grabbed the remote at the same time. And I turned to ESPN because I'm like, my phone's been on my, I, something would have came to me. I have all Laker alerts on my phone. I have everything on my phone. Nothing came to me. So I'm like, nah, let me, let me check. So I go on Twitter and I start seeing tweets about it. But these are like, just, oh my God, not Kobe. But it's not from like, Woj or Renona Shelbert or Rachel Nichols or Stephen A or hell, Shannon Sharp, Skip. Nobody like that. It's like, I think Sin had said something. King Karan said something. Just all these like social media celebrities, but nothing, no, of credible source. Not say that they're not, but they're, you know, when you're dealing with a situation like this, you need to know the exact source. 
So I'm like, I told Kale, I'm gonna get off the phone. Cause I gotta, I, I gotta do my investigating. He said, just let me know. So I got off the phone. And the minute I got off the phone, my nerves started to shake. I can only think back to when Prince died, when I was like this, but it was a hundred times worse. Like my whole body, like I stood up and I took two steps and I couldn't even move anymore because my whole body was just shaking. And I went and I reached to my mom and, and I'm like, confirm this with me. Confirm this with me. Like they're saying that Kobe's dead. And me even saying this now, it's just doesn't sound right. So I sit on the couch and I'm, and I'm watching it and I'm just like trying to like, there's nothing on NBA TV, nothing on ESPN, nothing on no major network that I can think of. And I'm getting pissed because I'm like, don't fucking play. This is not a game. And Tina happened to tell my mom on Facebook, it's on Fox. The one source that I wouldn't go to is on Fox News. When I turn on the Fox News, I see the, the overview of the crash site. And I'm like, dear God, like, tell me that this is a lie. <laughs> and then Woj gets on. And Woj confirms it. And the one time I prayed that Woj was wrong. He wasn't. And then it started to hit ESPN, NBA TV. They started to go with it. And I'm sitting here full of emotion, just losing it. My cousin called my mom. My brother FaceTimed me, but I didn't answer. He FaceTimed my mom. They're like, where's Charles? My cousin's like, how's he doing? How's he holding up? I'm just calling him because I want to check on him. My phone started going off. My phone started lighting up. At one point, I had 59 text messages. Five snaps. Voicemails that I haven't even checked yet. Instagram, Facebook just flooded me. And I, I, I got off. I completely got off of all social media. Because I couldn't deal with it. I, I couldn't deal with all this. So I got off. But I got back on because I had to reach out to one person. 
because I didn't want that person to feel like, because we were, we were talking and then it just stopped. I didn't want that person to feel like something like they, she did something or anything like that. So I just told her like, no, listen, this is what happened. I need and say less. I'm here. Say less. And then I started seeing Gigi. Started seeing, wait, Gigi was on the flight. Gigi was on a helicopter. And I'm like, if there's a God, Gigi would not be on a helicopter. Gigi would not be on that flight. Gigi would not be on there. And then the alert hit my phone. And I threw my phone across the living room and screamed at the top of my lungs. I've only questioned God one other time in my 33 years of living. And that was five years ago when my mother's best friend died. And I questioned him. And I understood what it was like to sit there and feel anger and question why and I felt that in to this very moment I feel that way it's you know I'm a religious person but I've learned more now that I'm getting to a point where it's more spirituality for me than it is religion because as they the notion and the cliche goes religion just divides people and I'm sitting here and I'm and and I'm trying to to grasp onto this and not like not holler at the top of my lungs like not to go outside, go somewhere where no one can hear. And it's just me and him talking. And me being like, I, why? Why'd you do this? Why? Why? And I have to remind myself that we can't ask those questions. And... Then I started to see the faces that I knew was going to address, knew was going to talk about it. Stephen A., Jay Williams, Rachel Nichols, Renona Shelberg, you know, 
uh, Byron Shaw, I started seeing and I started hearing like Ernie Johnson and, and all them. And then they started putting up the tweets and the Instagram post and like Shaq's Instagram. Then and he was just, God, like that just hit home. But then what really hit home with Shaq and, and, and I know I said when, when we, before we got on here, I said, I will let you talk and then just let me go. But I'm going to ask you this. Did you, did you see what Sharif posted? The call MVP? No. No, I her. No. What you post? Kobe reached out to him. Shaq's son. Sharif, I, I know who yeah. Sharif is, yeah. Kobe reached out to him. Yesterday morning. Sunday morning. Yes. Sharif was asleep. Mm-hmm. And Sharif responded at 10 something in the morning. Kobe's already gone. And he said, like, the post was like, you just reached out to me. And he, you see it. He's like, oh man, you know, I was asleep when, when you hit me up. My bad. Like, how, how, like, how are you? Mm-hmm. I read that and I was like, damn, like. I didn't know that. And then I saw when they interviewed T-Mac. That was. That, that, that hurt the most. That was something that I literally sat back and I was like, he was one, him and AI. Those yeah. are two people that I really didn't want to hear from. But you knew out of out of like because we like because on the court, Kobe's my guy. There's no and I despise T Mac on the court because that was his rival, right? But they were best friends since 15, 16, before neither one of them got into the league, right? And to see him today. On the jump. I had to cut the interview off, man. Not even going to lie to you. I was on the phone, so I couldn't, I didn't really, I seen it and I was trying to listen to it, but I wasn't, I wasn't trying to listen because I knew if I listened to it, I would Did get you emotional. Did watch it? I watched it at work and I, I tried to, I mean, I held, I held back as strong as I could. I seen AI's post on Instagram and I read it and I couldn't even finish it. I got to like the first three sentences, the first three words and I couldn't even finish. For those that don't know, Kobe and AI were drafted in the same class. For a good 10 years, they were neck and neck on who's better. Even though Kobe had a six inch height advantage on him. Kobe literally said, AI was the toughest player I've ever faced. Hands down. So, so everybody's just, you know, hitting me up and hitting me up and I'm just at a loss. And I called, you were like the first person I called and we had the conversation and, you know, I told you I had to think about it, and then I called Russ, and we talked for a minute, 
And then I'm not going to get into the details with my child because that's not a conversation I'm willing to have on here. But um, I sat there and I said, okay. So when I went to sleep and woke up and turned it on and realized that it wasn't a dream, it was reality. I was on Twitter and I seen Jamel Hill and she sent a tweet out. And her tweet was to write and systemically cry is a powerful thing. And it had me thinking one of my goals that I ever that I wanted to do when this podcast and everything that we're trying to do gets to reaches its pinnacle is I wanted to meet Kobe. I wanted to sit down with him and, and just conversate with him, pick his brain because see a lot of people are fans of Kobe because of the athlete. But I was more of a fan of him because of the person that he was. Despite everything that everybody had to say about him, I always felt like there was some type of, I felt like a a connection that was there in the personality and the way we were. So I asked myself, If I can write a letter to Kobe, what would I say? (sighs) Dear Kobe, I'm not sure how I'm going to say this, so please bear with me. A lot of people speak on being a fan of yours because of what you have done on the court. I became a fan of yours because of your personality. You was only 17 when you got drafted to Charlotte. And the basketball gods said your greatness is needed to need it to be displayed in the greatness and royalty. <laughs> that royalty being purple and gold. A lot of people don't realize that royalty's colors are indeed purple and gold. It was only fitting that Jerry West moved heaven and earth to get you. That draft class you were in was one of the best draft classes, if not the best draft class. You are my other favorite basketball player, Allen Iverson. I remember the coach He didn't start you. I remember the playoff series against Utah. You missed those shots. Air balls. But you stayed calm, cool, and collective. (sighs) 
you stated that you worked on your shot, and after that, it was over. The game was never the same. Kobe, I was not the athlete I wish I could have been, but I idolized you and your mentality, the Mamba mentality. I embodied that mentality when I entered the stage of college, when I entered this phase of production, audio and visual. I channeled your mindset. It hurts writing this because I dreamt of meeting you one day, being able to sit down with you, pick your mind apart, talk to you about my goals and my visions. And now I can't do that, at least not in this lifetime. People praise you for the basketball player that you were. I praise you for everything you've done off the court. Whenever people hated on you, I defended you. When, whenever people said it was your fault that you and Shaq broke up, I defended you. When people said you was a ball hog, I defended you. And when people spoke on the greatest of all times, I said you were. You are the greatest to ever touch basketball. I am hurt. It feels like a bad dream, a nightmare that I want to wake up from so bad. So many memories, the alley to shack, the trash talking with AI, the all-star conversation with you and Jordan, the buzzer beater against Phoenix, amongst a ton of other buzzer beaters. Dropping 60 on Utah, your final game. And who can forget 81? Having the most points in the garden as a visitor. But the moment that stands out to me the most was your post-career. Winning an Academy Award for Dear Basketball. Most importantly, your dedication, your commitment, and your drive to teach your daughter, Gigi, the game that you once loved, that you did love. The video of you sitting courtside at the Nets and Hawks game with you and your daughter, you and Gigi, and you two are talking and smiling. I remember that as a father because I see that with me in mind. I understood that moment. Only real fathers understand that moment. Thank you, my idol. Thank you for teaching me what hard work was. I didn't even finish writing it because I it's it's hard <laughs> Steph Curry he made a post and it kind of resonated with me and it made me think about something that my brother even said <sighs> Steph said, a lot of questions right now. Our faith is being tested. All I can say is thank you. 
May you and Gianni rest easy. Like I said earlier, I'm not, I, I get angry because I'm, I'm trying to process why and how. Then my brother said something to me last night when I was talking to him. Kind of put things in perspective for me. I won't say it gave me a sense of peace, but made me kind of realize a lot. And he said, the relationship between Kobe and Gigi, Gianna was inseparable. You always seen them together. And my brother said, if she wasn't on that helicopter with him, she wouldn't have been able to live without him. And then listening to first take today and listening to what Stephen A. Smith said, Stephen A. was like, I know that as that helicopter was coming down, that Kobe held her and said everything was going to be okay. My daughter is 13. The same age as her. This shit hits different. It it hits it hits hard. This shit like I can't even put in words. I tried to put in words how I feel and it's just, it's still so surreal. Like it doesn't feel still doesn't feel right it doesn't like I'm I'm terrified to see I'm terrified to even hear Kyrie talk about it Paul George Kawhi said something yesterday Giannis but most of all I mean the one that my heart goes out to more than anybody is Vanessa. You know, she, she lost a husband, a best friend, her life companion, and she lost a child. Like, The words, the it it doesn't it just it doesn't feel right even saying it. Like I to this day, to this second, I haven't 
made like a a post about it. Like I haven't like I just before I got here, I just changed my display picture and my background on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. It's all it it's it's my display picture is of him putting the mic on the ground. I I didn't want to put nothing else on there. I I didn't because it, like I said, it's 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 not sinking. It's hard for me to process this. And then my background is him and him and Gigi. You know, my phone right now has him and Gigi. My watch has them too. Like. I sat on the edge of my bed and I had his jersey in my hand. And I just held it. Like, I can't believe that I'm looking at this jersey thinking and realizing that we'll never see this man again. I'm completely like I'm at a loss, like I said, and I'm <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring this up, but I am someone was about to when I tell you get cussed the fuck out. I said don't send me this shit. I'm gonna tell y'all what it was. I think I have an idea what it was. I I don't I believe that it I believe that this footage that has been circulating the helicopter footage is not the actual footage. It's not. I told Tina yesterday that that was from Dubai from years ago. And I was like if anybody does something like that and the person who sent it to me, I literally told him don't send this shit to me. What do you do you in the first place? Do you think in my state, if you know how much this man meant to me as like just a person, why would you do that? That's like when that's like when Nip died and people were showing the footage of him getting shot. Who wants to see that shit? Like, why? Why would you ever do that? And he goes, my bad. I I just didn't, you know, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I'm trying to process this. I'm trying to process this. All day today, I was sitting there just watching. And I was told to turn the TV off. Just turn the TV off. And I said, even if I turn the TV off, I still have my phone. I still have my laptop. 
I'm still going to be anxious to look because it just doesn't, it's like a bad dream. Like D Wade said, it's like a bad fucking dream. And I, that's what I said. I said, I, I can't, I can't turn my head away from this because it, it's, it's not real. And then I sat there and I watched and I said, okay, I know I, I got to see like what other people have to say about this. I got to see what Shannon Sharp and, and Skip had to say. I already heard Stephen A, but after 12, 24 hours, okay, let's, let's see what they have to say. And then Molly and just Molly's just being just devastated. And Jay Williams, who his his speech that he said yesterday, I mean, it it resonated. Like you said, you you squashed certain issues and tension that you had with people. One of the first people that reached out to me was Jeff. Mm. And he sent me a DM. And at the time I, I didn't check nothing. I didn't check no DMs or nothing. I didn't, I was just, but once I finally got to, responding to people and all this, I noticed that he unsent it. Mm-hmm. And I wrote him and I said, I seen that you wrote me, but it you you unsent it. And he goes, he goes, I did it by accident. I'm like the message going now. I hope he's seen it. But yeah. I know that you were, I know that was your dog. You a ride or die Kobe. You a ride or die Kobe fan. Shit is surreal just to see something like that and his first baby. I was numb just reading it and seeing it and then the video. And really was like, man, I can't imagine how his family's feeling. All you could do is just pray for them. I told him, I was like, I've been stuck. This shit is completely different. I've been crying all fucking day. And that Gigi shit hits hard. And I said, her and Nessa was the same age. He said, I feel you. Especially because you have a daughter too. I told him, I said, whatever issues we had in the past. Because dad told him he's my brother for life. Told him I was serious. He was like, man, them issues has been over with. And he said, I'm praying for you. And I told him that him and his family is always in my prayers. Like. I'm glad to hear that. I'm, I'm upset that it took this situation for that to happen. But I'm glad it happened. Well, I think that with his. With his situations that he's had mm-hmm. like this month marks the year uh, yeah I know 
I think that that changed a lot for him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I even think that when when Rome was born and I showed up at the hospital, I think even then... Started to change. Everything kind of just... Without, without no words being said, without us being like, yo, let's talk about what happened. It was kind of like one of those things where we both looked at each other, we both acknowledged, we both, all right. Just did it. That's it. You know? I'm not going to address... I'd rather you address that off, Mike. The other situation, I'm not, I'm not, this is not for the, that situation is not for this. Right. I wish I had a way to be in LA right now. Bro. Like, when... I forgot I, f- I forgot her name. She's in the WNBA. But she's one of the NBA analysts on ESPN. Dark skin girl? Yeah. I know you're talking about. And she was a twin. Yeah, she was real like she was real cool with Kobe and everything. And she said that she walked, she was on her way here. She was on her way to the LA studios. Because the LA studios in Chick Hearn Way. Right. Like it's right there. Right. And she said that when, when when the news hit, she was like, the Grammys, everybody set up for the Grammys and everything. And she was like, but the mood just went dark. Everything just went dark. And I can tell you from experience of being there, that place is always vibrant. No matter if something's going on or not, it's always an upbeat feel. <laughs> like you get the feeling like this is a Laker country. Like you feel that. And I'm not even a fan and I felt that. Like it's deep out there. Like Laker Nation, this is as a as a proud member. I'm not even a member, but as a basketball fan, as a lover of basketball, I feel this. This hurts me just as much as it hurts you. Laker Nation, this is this is we never thought we'll see the day. Hell, I never thought I'd see the day. Nick Nick Wright brought up something. Mm-hmm. Basketball players live. Out of all the MVPs, only three of them are deceased now. No, I think it's only two. No. Who's the third? It's Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. It's Moses Malone. And now it's Kobe. And Kobe's the youngest. Like, I see, like, I mean... Like, I keep staring at your shirt, and I'm just like, I can't believe we're recording this episode. Like, this can't be real. It was hard for me even putting this shirt on. And we just had a conversation about Kobe Saturday. We did. Because my Sixers are going against your Lakers in Philly where Kobe's from. And I'm like, yo, if LeBron breaks his record in Philly, that'd be dope. And even when LeBron spoke about that, he said it was... It was surreal. Like, it was like the universe lined this up for him to be in a Laker uniform 
passing the greatest, and I'm going on record on saying that I've you know how I feel, the greatest Laker of all time in his hometown. <laughs> yeah. Against the team that his father played for. Yeah. I had his father's jersey in high school. Like, you couldn't make you couldn't you couldn't write that in the Hollywood script. You couldn't. And just to know Kobe's last tweet, congratulating LeBron. And like Skip, Skip said it. Skip said how he felt like, you know, when Elvis died, when Michael died, when Prince died, they all had demons. Mm -hmm. They all was battling something. Kobe wasn't battling nothing. Kobe was Kobe was about to move on to the next phase of his life. And it was just a regular, oh, we're just going to the game like we always do. It's just a regular trip. Because what a lot of people don't know is that Kobe's been taking helicopters for the last 20-something years. Every day. Practice, games. That's whatever. how we that's how we got. That's how we got to where he needed to get to. Because I saw firsthand how that LA traffic is. And there's no way in the hell he would have got where he needed to be on time. <sighs> Sad man. I can't stop looking at that shirt, bro. It's just like, yo, you're supposed to, Kobe's supposed to grow old. Are you supposed to see Kobe like how Bill Russell is now, old and gray? Yeah. I mean, it was hard. Like, I, you know, the people doing their tributes yesterday and they're doing it still to this day. I mean, they're still doing it today. They're running either the eight second backcourt or the 24 second, you know. And the Spurs were the first ones to do it because they had the first game yesterday. And just to see Tim Duncan on the sidelines, just crying and Pop sitting there trying to hold his composure. And to know him, Garnett, and Kobe being in were were in in the line of being in the Hall of Fame this year. And they and and did you hear the announcement? They said they're surpass they're passing that. He's so you heard the announcement. He's already in there. He's in there. And I can't I don't even know if I can watch that. My only thing with that is I wish like if he hadn't passed, would they have done that? No, he would have been a first ballot. No, I get that, but would they have expedited it? This is my question. I mean, it wouldn't have been a there wouldn't have been a reason to do it because like there was nothing that was gonna stop Kobe from being a first ballot Hall of Famer. There wasn't a Yeah, I, I know that you for know, a fact. But it was just them going through the process the formality. The for, yeah, that that whole process and procedure to do nowadays like, you know what, fuck it, like don't. And I you know, you, you you know me, you know, I don't, I dislike the Mavs. 
but I gotta give I gotta salute Mark Cuban. For those that don't know, Mark Cuban decided to retire to number twenty four of the Mavs. He said no one in a Mavs uniform will ever wear this number. And I again. and and I echo the sentiments that Chris Boussard said. Retired across the league, eight and twenty four. Nobody should ever wear that number. Those numbers. I'm with him, hundred <laughs> percent. I just hate that it had to come to this, man. And I think about the other families too. Yeah, I mean, I'm that, not. That, I'm not. I know you're not you're like focusing on that. I just think about it because the Antebello family, Antebelli family. They had two other daughters at home. Yeah. Like, I know that, and I know. It's just like, yo. I believe, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of his, but Doug Gottlieb, he was on FS1. He was on First Things First, and he was saying how his daughters went to school with them. Mm. And, you know, it, it just, it, really hits home like a, a part of me I would say is a little upset that tomorrow you know they postpone the game tomorrow a little bit of me is is a little upset because as Melo said as Dame said and Kobe would have wanted them to play. Especially the crosstown. It's the Battle of L.A. Right. People, The people of L.A. need this game to... To get their get mind away. off of it, you know? And I agree with... I forgot who said it, but they need to change the name at the Staples Center. Somebody said they need to change their logo. They've been saying that. They have been saying that. And, and just... Speaking of logos, like Jerry West, I heard seen him yesterday, mm-hmm. and he was just so out of it. Like he was just like anybody else. He drafted that man. He was like, I, it doesn't feel right. It feels like it's a nightmare. Like it, it just feels like a bad dream. That's all I keep saying to myself is it just feels like a bad dream. And like somebody, I, I don't know who did the video. It was one of the first videos I seen, and and I lost, I lost it. Was it the video with Kobe and Gianna and the baby girl? And it was the together. It was the. It's so hard to say goodbye. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't watch. I couldn't finish watching it, man. But as they, you know, I'm. Um, there's two things that I want to say before I get off of here because it is I don't know what else to say I'm gonna be completely a wreck for God knows how long but when Alan Iverson released his statement 
he said at the end. And this is, I agree with what he said. You know, Al Iverson said, we are not okay, but we will find the strength to pull through this together because that's what Kobe would want us to do. Yo, I just listened to Kobe on all this morning. Just listened to him. And I remember how excited I was. Like, oh, they got Kobe to sit down. Because Kobe don't do media. Well, he started to. Yeah, but not like in depth like but that. But see, that's the that's that's something that people fail to realize. Is as Kobe started to once reality set in and Kobe started to realize that the time is getting closer. Kobe started to peel back. And he started to let loose a little bit. And show who he is. Started cursing a lot more. <laughs> you know, and and I that's why I said that, you know, his, his who he was I remember this interview like and he revealed and he said you know sometimes sometimes I'm a jokester sometimes I want to be left sometimes I want to be left alone sometimes I'm you know social and other times I don't want to be I was like that's that's everybody that's human I know but that kind of spoke to who I was who I am you know I look at how he was 17 and and he was trying to do when everybody was trying to do what they normally was doing going out partying all this he was sitting at home tuning in his craft he was at the gym working hey I said it in that post yeah he asked him what you gonna do tonight I'm going out what you doing going to the gym and just to that mentality that he had <laughs> and Steve Harvey he said Kobe Bryant 1978 to 2020 the two dates were big what he did with the dash is his greatness And that resonated to me because everybody talks about that dash. And I remember Dane used to say life is the dash. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe it. If you want to sign off this, I I don't. Yeah, we can sign off, bro. Ain't nothing else we can say. It's just seeing Kobe off the right way. How he should be remembered.
um, something greater will. And uh, if you guys can understand that, then I'm doing my job as a father. Thank you guys so much. I love you. basketball. From the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the great western form, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body, my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, I'm deeply in love with you. I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle. Because it came with so much more. I played for the sweat and the hurt. Not because challenge called me. But because you called me. I did everything for you. That's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream. And I'll always love you for it. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding. My mind can handle the grind. But my body knows it's time to say goodbye. That's okay. I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now so we both can savor every moment we have left together. The good and the bad. We have given each other all that we have. We both know. No matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner. Five seconds on the clock, ball in my hands. Five, four, three, two, one.
Kobe. <laughs>